At KeyBank, we understand what you need to run a middle market company. We bring a team of strategists and problem solvers to design and deliver solutions critical to your business's success. KeyBank offers industry expertise, investment banking and capital markets, payment automation, loans and lines of credit, plus equipment financing. Connect with your local KeyBank team. Learn more at key.com slash commercial. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to our podcast booth. Thank um, you so much for having me. You're, you're welcome. Have you had a good day so far? Are you enjoying Decentral? The day has been absolutely amazing. Came in here really in the morning, got a chance to speak with the speakers, um, explored some really cool projects. And okay. It's a really good energy. It's great to be here. Nice. Um, so before we get deep dive into all things GameFi and all things creator economy, um, just give us a little background on yourself as a person um, and how you got into the space um, and why you want to be in the space. For sure. I mean, I kind of, just like everyone in this space, I kind of landed here some way, somehow, randomly, Web3 came in my trajectory. Um, I was an aerospace engineering student in Montreal. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I was supposed to be in aerospace. I mean, I did graduate, but during my studies, um, we all have that crazy crypto friend that was kind of giving me some information back in 2016, 17. Right. And I was really fascinated about the philosophy of decentralization and the sort of like peer-to-peer network. Um, So I was very motivated to learn more, um, which kind of set me on my path to be an Ethereum developer. Okay. Um, Did that on the background. It wasn't really cool back then to put crypto on LinkedIn. (laughs) You're ahead of the game. (laughs) Everyone thought you were some kind of scammers. So I didn't want to like put it out there, but I did sort of like keep my web to sort of interface. Um, then it was a bit of a silver, um, silver lining because I graduated during the year of COVID, which okay. was the worst year for aerospace. One of the best years for Web3 in a way. Um, my official route started as a PM for one of the first IGO companies or so initial game offerings. So I got to kind of incubate the first Web3 games, um, which were very different back then. It was more of a play-to-earn aspect to them. Okay. Very visual. Um, it was just more so about tokenomics, um, which is still prevalent today. Uh, right. I'm very fortunate that I got the chance to kind of interact with that very early ecosystem. My next uh, path was Web3 Gaming Lead at Polygon Studios. Okay. I was actually the first or the second hired person in gaming at Polygon Studios, okay. which was very exciting because um, Matic was kind of the winner of the last bull run. Um, they're still doing great right now, but it was a really good chance to kind of connect with the ecosystem and also with all the players, see, see what's working, see what's not working. And I am currently now the head of gaming at Ledgerlink Labs. That's amazing. Um, so give us a little background on Ledgerlink Labs. What do they do? Um, what's their philosophy? And what are they? what's their goal in this space? For sure. So we're focused right now on sourcing quality projects. We have a couple of verticals. The main one is investments. So once we source projects that match our value-driven pieces, so projects 
that don't depend on a certain cycle to work. Okay. Um, so projects that are just amazing because, first of all, they're consumer-centric. I think this will be the theme of 2022 going into 2023 and forward are essentially applications that focus on the consumer. Okay. And how do we get the consumer? So essentially anything that requires you to have a MetaMask account, we're staying away from. We want projects where everything that's on-chain is happening on the background and we can just let the consumer enjoy the application, whether that's a game or any other sort of application. Um, so anything that kind of corresponds to their thesis, we can help them with their investment. Um, we also have a dev shop, so if we are interested in early state project, we'll help them go and develop their tech um, and also apply our expertise there as well. Okay. We're very interested on in onboarding IP. Um, we've kind of been there, done that, and realized what works, what doesn't work, um, and figured out a way to essentially activate IP in a meaningful way and still get to retain the initial original fandom and also get some Web3 fandom going there. So that's something that we're very focused on right now. We're very bullish on IP. We're very bullish on meaningful, value-driven projects. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about Web3. Um, and as with any new technology that's pegged for you know disruption, there's always a bit of skepticism. Right. And right. Um, Web3 gaming has been pegged as the kind of gateway to onboard the next billion users into Web3. Can you just talk a little bit to that? Is that true, number one? Um, and number two is how and, and um, is it necessary? Well, I mean, I think... Web3, well, gaming in general in Web3 has been the first sort of like utility for token issuance. So playing your game and kind of getting rewards through tokens or NFTs. So that's a model that intrinsically works. Okay. Um, it's a model that's still in development just because it is a bit technical to kind of figure out how to interact with the tools that would allow you to open up a wallet. Um, you know, how do you send an NFT? How do you receive an NFT? Which marketplace should you go on? Which exchange should you be on? So there is sort of that technical aspect of it that we're trying to bridge with a consumer-friendly sort of approach. Okay. Um, I think gaming in general will... I mean, we've seen the likes of Fortnite, so just amazing games. And I think the skepticism also comes from the quality of the games that are quote-unquote Web3 games, where it's kind of like those games that... It looks like something that your uncle used to play back in the 90s, <laughs> uh, which is weird because we should be evolving, right? right? Versus kind of like going back to that. Yeah, the user interface is bad, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just weird, right? Yeah. It just almost feels like we're going back in time. Um, but there is that nostalgia vibe that a lot of Web3 projects, um, sorry, games have kind of capitalized on where like, that voxelated look. Um, so that does seem to work. Um, more so in the APAC region because they are very tokenomics heavy. Okay. In terms of the real good games with you know the amazing AAA studios, I think we're getting there. I think they're also in their research phase where there is that skepticism, but eventually I think it will be up to the consumer if you know getting rewards in the form of tokens or NFTs makes sense. I mean, the absolute sort of bottom line and common derivative here is that you get to have ownership of your assets. And I think that's a really powerful feature. Yeah. Um, do you think, a bit of a contentious question, do you think gaming needs Web3 or actually it's Web3 that needs gaming? I think they need each other. Um, I think it's all about evolution. Um, and I think as well that the consumer also would like to own their assets. 
versus having their assets live on a server that they can't access if they're not playing the game. So it's just sort of like this wallet that you can, that you get to actually have your assets. I think there's a big distinction now more than ever between Web3 and crypto, where yeah. Web3 is more application-based. Um, you, 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 like you can have a token there, that's all fine and dandy, but at, this, at, the end, at the end of the day, it's all about is your application decentralized? Is your application sort of allowing consumers to be empowered through ownership? Um, so I think to that matter, gaming will help us onboard you know, the first sort of billion users onto Web3. Yeah. But I think the potential for Web3 goes way beyond just gaming. Um, can we talk about the aspect of value in games? Um, to me, um, gaming is fun. Like that's what it equals. It's fun, and you should enjoy it. Um, and you know, you associate it with your childhood. And like, there's a lot of gamers that still exist today that are my age, my friends. Um, but are we asking too much of it um, in terms of like onboarding? Like, are we are we removing the fun from it in this new kind of world that we're living in? Well, my thesis is that because of, I mean, we've seen what sort of happened in the market right now. Um, I'm not going to say a certain words. I don't know if you guys can allow that, but it hasn't been going great. Um, and usually what happens when you have markets like this is that the consumers or the people kind of retract their community and culture, yeah. uh, where they kind of get to play with, like whichever casual game or any kind of game that they want to play without having to kind of interact with the stress of the ecosystem because that's not um, something that they have to deal with. So I think the saving grace here would be to kind of not stress anyone with the market and have just like great games that people would get to play and all the sort of techie stuff happens on the background. Because you, you don't want to be playing your game then worrying about the token price of the game. Right. Unless you're playing it for speculative purposes. Um, but in general, I think we should be evolving more towards having tokenomics that are more um, lenient towards in-game tokenomics, so not having it flood the market, but kind of like keeping the token within the game. I think that would be the, the positive, positive step forward, in my opinion. Okay, so being on a Web3 app shouldn't be market-dependent is basically what you're kind of coming to, right? I think a good game should never be market-dependent. So you're going to play Fortnite whether we're in a recession or not. And I think that should also apply to Web3 Gaming. The market right now in Web3 Gaming is very speculative. It's more of the investor model. And I think we're going to head more towards the gamer model, which I really hope to see within the next one, two years, one to two years. Okay. And to you, what does the creator economy mean to you in 2022? I think the creator economy is essentially giving the creators the tools that they need um, and also the autonomy that they need um, beyond the sort of beyond the sort of control that they would usually be subjected to in the Web two world, where you kind of have studios, you have contracts, you have liabilities, and you have all these like, set of rules that you have to abide by before even creating. Yeah. Um, and I think what's so special about Web three is that we're kind of empowering creators, you know, through ownership, um, through marketplaces that don't charge the royalties and don't have the middlemen that are required um, in the traditional world. Um, I think it's also about preserving the works of creators where there's a decentralized ledger that can allow you to prove that you are the creator, that you are the original creator. And I think that's a very powerful thing as well. It kind of puts you away from you know having plagiarism or anyone kind of copy your work. 100%. Um, and so, yeah, I think Web3 is all about empowering creators. 
Um, and uh, what do you think we need to upgrade um, to get to where you want to get to in terms of gaming? Um, I think we should um, definitely have more quality games enter the space, so more so traditional IP that can make a step, um, so IP that everyone knows and aware right. uh, is aware of. So I think if, like, for example, if Fortnite decided to have their own chain, they would be bigger than you know the whole Ethereum ecosystem just by onboarding their users. Okay. Um, and I think people just want to play great games. So the way to that is by having great Web3 games. And the second point, which I can't stress enough, is having games that are consumer friendly. Yeah. Um, so you know, don't expect your users to know how to use MetaMask. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, like, just every time you're building a game, just think of your next door neighbor. Like, will he know how to use MetaMask? Probably not. Will he know how to bridge tokens? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, sort of like leaving that to your dev team to figure out so that the user can have a seamless experience. Um, and the other thing I would say is kind of like having more of an educational element. So, um, you know, educating your user about you know Web three and um, building technology that. Uh, you know, tries to get to the consumer versus trying to sell the technology to the consumer. So it's everyone knows what they want and it's kind of like making it easier for them to get there. 100%. Okay, and then five years time, um, where do you hope gaming is at um, and where do you think it will be at in reality? So, I mean, we're seeing the immersive sort of experiences that are coming out, you know, with all the new VR headsets. Um, so I think it will be a much more immersive experience. Yeah. Um, versus just you know having your console on your TV, so kind of like being in the game and just kind of make it making it as multi-sensory as we can. Right. Um, just so like you don't have that latency like with the traditional world and kind of have like the, those distractions like when you put your headset on like you're in the game you're there already. Um, so I see a lot of traditional IP entering the Web3 space. I see the value of ownership becoming much more prominent and will eventually I think become a demand. Okay. That the user that the player gets to own their assets, I think that we will be seeing that this will no longer be a, a, a luxury, but more so a need. Um, you have such a great story. I love you know your aerospace, you. aerospace background and you coming out of university during COVID and that being you know a terrible industry to be in and now delving into this it's fascinating um, i mean if the industry like if it keeps crashing i'll probably go back to airspace <laughs> <laughs> i always have that little saving grace but um i mean i think this is like one of the most special industries out there everyone's very friendly everyone's very open to talk like it, there's that it's community driven yeah and there's that open source vibe about it as as well you get to talk to everyone everyone is willing to have a conversation which i think is great so super happy to be here so before we wrap things up, um, what do you want, what's your message to everyone here today? Um, what do you want people to take from you know, your talks, your podcast, etc.? I mean, I want everyone to talk to everyone. If you see anyone uh, with a badge or without a badge, like go there, you know, ask the questions, have, the, have meaningful conversations. I think what's great, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but you not, I haven't seen anyone talking about tokens here. It's really about what is your project and how is your project gonna help, or what is the solution that you're What's providing? your philosophy, yeah. What's your philosophy, exactly. So I do really appreciate that. Um, I just had a conversation outside with a cowboy that's promoting a project, and he was talking to me about staking 
which I think is really cool about Web3 because you have all these interesting, colorful characters. So it's a great opportunity to go out there, ask questions, and have meaningful conversations. Yeah, asking questions, being curious, 100%. Absolutely. Um, Sophia, this has been such a pleasure. Last thing, where can we all find you? Website, socials, etc. For sure. So you can find us, uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Sophia Trebelsi. Um, you can find us on our website, ledgerlinklabs.com. Um, I'll be here till the 5th. Uh, doing our basils, going to be speaking tomorrow, so please feel free to reach out. And most importantly, my telegram is Cyborg Sophia, so you can connect with me there as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA choice boneless beef top sirloin steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for you app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.